Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV Pilot's License Flight Number 4 with service to Miami, Florida, a.k.a. the 305. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time and secure your podcasting device and make sure to tell your loved one that you're sure they will win the LPGA. Welcome to the TV Pilots <laughs> License. My name is Jeff Kerbis, joined by Dollar. Max Singer and Richard Inman. I hope you guys have your Miami hats on because we are going to the 305. How are y'all doing today? Incredible. I got to watch Ballers last night, and I've never woken up with more energy and more of a need to down a bunch of Percocet. I am so good. I am wearing a knockoff Dan Marino jersey in my home right now. I've made it so humid in here to replicate the Miami client, uh, <laughs> climate. And yeah, let's let's get this show on the road, boys. Yeah, for those who are listening, I will would like to say that Max and I are representing the ballers. Max with his Dan Marino jersey on, myself with a Zach Thomas jersey on, and Rich is playing the role of his real life job a manager a agent all in one i am reprising my role of uh of jewish agent with a heart of gold from our entourage episode with the zach thomas jersey the rare case of a person wearing an athlete's jersey that they are taller than in real life (laughs) (laughs) wow i've never had that happen well, welcome again to the podcast today. We are going to be talking about ballers. Uh, but Max, for those who may be joining us for the first time, can you tell us a little bit about what this show is about? Absolutely, Jeff. If this is your first time flying with the TV Pilots License, uh, welcome aboard. We're a podcast that analyzes and reviews, uh, loosely, the pilot episodes of famous and infamous TV shows throughout the years. We talk about what works, what doesn't work, what we like, if these shows can be made today, and who we recommend them for. Uh, So we hope you enjoy today's episode. Excellent. And Rich, you know, although this podcast is really about watching a pilot and enjoying it for the first time, this is the first episode that we've all watched the show before. Um, Oh, yeah. Can you... Yeah, you know, I think this actually, this is a show that is the birth of the TV pilot's license in a form that we didn't know about at the time. But can you tell the, the folks The spiritual at home, predecessor to the podcast. Uh, a little bit about what was the spiritual pro- predecessor to the TV pilot's license? Yeah, so let me take you back to a little uh, little time and place called uh, My Living Room and uh, and May of 2020. Uh, when we were all locked down for the pandemic and all having like a, a fairly like weekly group call and it, the group call started waning in the in terms of interest and uh, you know we had to come up with an idea of how to like keep people coming on to maintain their mental health and sanity and we just decided uh what's the best what's the most mentally healthy show that we could possibly think of i think that would probably be ballers on on hbo so we created essentially a book club for the show where we would watch a bit of every season and discuss it once a week. It was if perfect. You, if you watch the show with subtitles, it counts as a book club. <laughs> but instead of a book every like month or so, we forced each other to watch an entire season of Ballers on a weekly basis. Ball club. Uh, well, yeah, ball, ball club, <laughs> TV club, um, whatever you want to call it. I, it. Although, you know, 
the pandemic as a whole was a downer at that time. It was oh, something great. that... I'm so glad we're going to comment on, this, on, <laughs> on what the pandemic did to us as a society okay, while me, we came me. out of it healthy and hosting a podcast. <laughs> This is a health podcast now. Now, uh, though, what I will say is the Pandemic TV Club that we did have was really one of the bright spots of that time of those first couple of weeks of the pandemic. And I'm glad that it has evolved into something that I'm really enjoying doing with you, gentlemen, even though we're only four Aww. episodes in. Um, yeah, Thank you, love you, Love you both. Uh, I, I have to things. say, looking back at that time, like a little over two years ago, Ballers is one of those shows that when you are experiencing an existential crisis and you're just needing human contact so bad like ballers is absolute lithium for that it is <laughs> yeah the i will say like you know we watched it with the intent of knowing that it was a bad show and i don't know we all got into it in our in our different ways we were all excited to come talk about it every week we were and... watching an entire season a week for a period of time there. <laughs> Those episodes are only like 24 minutes long. It was not that heavy of a lift, I will say. Uh, it was a very well, heavy mental lift. Speaking of heavy lifts, uh, oh. should we get into this? Pop, yeah, pop. Let's, let's talk a little bit about it. For those who have never seen Ballers before, and you want to watch it before you listen to the podcast, you can find it on HBO Max, but let me give you a little bit of for a now. synopsis. <laughs> for, oh, for, oh, for the next 24 oh, hours, you can find it on HBO Max. Luckily, it's not an animated show, so I think it has a little bit more <laughs> More time but boy uh, are those characters animated oh it's, it's now owned by the discovery channel so it's technically a documentary <laughs> well let's talk about it the synopsis of the show looking at the lives of former and current football players the show follows former superstar spencer strassmore played by Dwayne the rock johnson as he gets his life on track in retirement while mentoring other current and former players through the daily grind of the business of football um that sounds like a really interesting show um and sounds like a lot went into it but max can you tell us a little bit about how this show was actually made all right jeff rich listeners i want to tell you something that you probably should know this that slum dog millionaire bollywood oh baby this has to be the only show that starts off with a producer call out as the first line of the entire show uh, when, when I first heard the show, I thought it was haters in the building, and then I found out that it's Kane is in the no, building. No, sir. Oh, my God. No, it's, it's forever going to be haters in the building to me. Anywho, also, wait a minute. You thought haters in the building was a positive thing to start off a song with? Yeah, like you're pumped up. Like your haters are in the building, and you're ready to show them wrong. Like you're ready to prove something to them. Yeah, and if there's one thing about Drake, like he thinks that he could make it in every professional sports league. I mean, if you're... He keeps trying out- to get on the court at the Raptors games. Outside of the uh, TV pilots, I highly recommend looking up the highlights of Drake participating in Kentucky's Midnight Madness. Um, It is one of my favorite videos to watch, and I recommend it for a sad day if you're not into ballers. Big fan of Drake just being the the quintessential Fairweather fan for absolutely everything. No, I've never seen anyone pick and choose his allegiances more publicly than, than Drake. Drake, we love you, but Max, let's come talk on the a pod. Friend, friend of the friend of the pod, uh, Drake, Aubrey Graham, come on, Drake, come on the we pod. Wanna, we want to talk about Degrassi, Jake. Drake, <laughs> come on the pod. Uh, all right. Well, in the meantime, folks, uh, Ballers premiered on uh, June twenty first, two thousand fifteen. Shockingly, <laughs> uh, this show feels at least ten years older than yeah, that. Yeah, this is a flip phone show for sure. 
but it was created by a gentleman named Steven Levinson, who, if you listen to us, you may remember as being one of the co-creators and executive producers of Entourage. Uh, he's Mark Wahlberg's manager and production partner. Uh, he also wrote this pilot. Uh, he had written three episodes of Entourage, but now he's going forth and writing his own show. Uh, he's been super involved with HBO in the time since Entourage. He's also an executive producer on both Boardwalk Empire and How to Make It in America. So he's wow. really involved in the network. He's kind of their boy right now. Uh, other EPs on this show are going to include Mark Wahlberg, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Peter Berg. And Ooh. a lot of these people are just super interconnected. Um, Peter Berg and The Rock go back to 2003 when he directed him in The Rundown, one of his first movies. Mm. Uh, Berg also directs a movie called Lone Survivor that stars Mark Wahlberg that Levinson produced. So there's a lot of like interconnectivity here. And in 2013, The Rock starts pitching an idea for a show to HBO to star himself. Uh, this show later becomes Ballers. It gets picked up direct to series order in 2014. So there's no shopping around. This is The Rock going to HBO and saying, I'm looking for a project. They've got a team in place. Uh, and then this premieres in 2015. Um, Berg is going to pull triple duty on this. He's going to be an executive producer. He's a director. He's also an actor. Uh, he plays what's credited on IMDb as just Dolphin's coach. If you Damn do right. watch any subsequent episodes, you learn the name is Coach Berg. Uh, and if you thought that was the least inspired bit of uh, character <laughs> naming by Levinson, you are incorrect. Because <laughs> both Spencer Strasmore and Joe Crittell are the names of producers and executives at HBO and Leverage, no. which is his production company. Oh no, <laughs> are you kidding me? Oh yep. man, just a Simpsons level, a Simpsons writing room level of, of character naming here. Yeah, so literally Stephen Levinson is looking around the room and just naming characters off the people he sees. Uh, this is also the second collaboration between Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Rob Corddry. You may remember them from the 2013 hit Pain and Gain, uh, also starring Mark Wahlberg sure and produced by Steven Levinson. So we got one big happy family heading down to the 305. I know we're, we're you know, hopping on the Peterberg uh, shit train already, but uh, he also has another connection to football um that we're going to cover in a later episode he was the director of friday night lights the tv show he was uh, also only, the movie version yeah, from also the movie Breyer. no yeah. way yeah hmm? oh I no was... he wanted to win so he put booby miles in yeah. I, I will say peter berg also has quite the relationship with uh mark Wahlberg. you mentioned lone survivor but he also did deep water horizon Patriots Day, and one of my favorite worst movies ever, Spencer oh. Confidential, which was on Netflix. And if you, one of those that other sounds things, like a fake like Nickelodeon show. It's well, Mark let me tell Wahlberg. you, Ballers could also be called Spencer Confidential because that guy <laughs> has some secrets. Is that is that is that uh, Spencer Confidential also character also Spencer Stressmore? Because oh he can only God. think of three names. Oh my goodness! Well, let's dive into the actual pilot right we could we could talk all we want about the ins and out of hollywood that made this show even a possibility but we're here to talk about a pilot so let's start off this pilot just with the opening credits which are one of the most amazing opening credits i've ever seen we talked a little bit about lil wayne and drake entering with that hip-hop song we could debate all day if we think that a hip-hop song is more appropriate than just like a classic score but 
were you gentlemen thrown off by the amount of b-roll footage that was just used as the opening for this show rather than showing the miami or people playing football a lot of it is like footage of the rock too like it's a lot of like childhood photos and like footage of him playing like for the u in the early 90s like from the jump this is just a vehicle for Dwayne Johnson to prove that he could like actually be an actor this is like absolutely his opus from the moment the credits start <laughs> yeah I, I you know and I, I think there is some appreciation I have watching it this time through of how big of a star The Rock was at in 2015 too not that he isn't now he's like still the number one box office draw in the world but to go from making from being in literally any action movie he could possibly want and making it like an instant billion dollars worldwide uh to go and make his own show about like playing football which i don't think he ever made it in the pros did he he i think he, he played retired. canadian he played canadian for a little okay. while okay and that was like his forte that was like his foray into uh like wrestling too it was like that was like the natural next step for him yeah like he steps away from the canadian football league and gets into wrestling yeah especially with his dad being a very famous wrestler uh prior rocky johnson yeah oh shit okay learning something new every day you're you're welcome listeners but one of the things that really threw me about this entry into the show was oh my goodness you would think just based off of the opening credits, there is no money in this show whatsoever. We quickly <laughs> learn every single dollar that HBO had that they weren't putting into Game of Thrones at the time was being thrown into ballers because we instantly are taken into this beautiful mansion. The Rock is nude with his girlfriend and we come to learn the family-friendly Rock, not in this show. The Rock fucks. Hold, hold on, hold on. Jeff, I know you spent some time in South Florida. Miami <laughs> Beach, in the dead of summer, like, before the football season. training camp, it's really hot. I think that woman just tried to sleep a little bit comfortable. I think she's sleeping in the nude out of comfort and necessity. This is not a sexual situation. And we also get we also get a, a glimpse into what will be an extremely one-sided amount of nudity in that uh, you don't see anything from The Rock, but you're definitely going to see a lot of tits and ass in the show. And I, first, personally, I'm pretty upset that you don't get to see The Rock Bottom. Oh my god. I I will say, I think that this opening scene, even though it's very short, we get a small glimpse into the idea of The Rock formerly played football. He does have nightmares about his playing days. And he also is taking what we can assume at the beginning is pain pills, probably for some old football injuries. Yeah, he is chopping on those things like they're pills. Yeah, yeah you never, it's never a good sign when someone chews pills. That's like, there is nothing, there is no reason to chew them. And the the fact that he's going at them like Flintstones vitamins is truly yeah. upsetting. Shout out to the Foley artist at HBO who had to make The Rock <laughs> chopping on Percocet. Until this point, I had never seen The Rock as like a flawed character, right? And we start to see, ooh, something might not be up. Uh, that's right with Spencer Strassmore. Um, in a very quick s- scene transition, we're now speeding down the streets of Miami um, with a player, um, I think his name was Lottie, and Lottie was going down with his girlfriend, 
She's asking him everything, um, if she loves him, how much she loves him, and then comes to find out he did not leave uh, his wife. Now, here's my big question for you to start off this is, do you think it's the best idea to start beating the crap out of someone if you're going 90 miles per hour down the streets of Miami? I mean, it's the same person who would date a clearly married with children football player and think it's going to be okay and hope that she leaves his wife for him. Or he I assume that wife. that's just how everybody in South Florida drives at all times. <laughs> I mean, I've been there. That's kind of, you're pretty right. I, I apologize to my parents for our insurance. Uh, I got in a few accidents in my time in South Florida. How uh, many Bentleys did you wreck, Jeff? Not enough Bentleys. <laughs> uh, that's the only brand. In probably one of the first great jokes of the show, as soon as the car crashes, we're brought to the rock, Spencer Strassmore giving this eulogy. Yeah, uh, Rod, and, Rodney is dead now. I want to establish yeah, Rodney. Rod, Rodney died. He, he, Rodney he's gone. He had four. He had four. He went four and out. We don't know <laughs> anything about the girlfriend whatsoever, but Rodney for sure is dead. Um, and the Rock starts talking about how much he loved his wife and his family and all of that. What were your thoughts of during that funeral scene as a whole? The Rock is giving this touching, albeit clearly. BS eulogy to try and make the man's wife and family feel better while a woman in the front row is attempting to flash him in a sexual advance. Uh, Everyone loves The Rock, which is what The Rock wants you to believe. Uh, It's not so much what happens in his eulogy, though, which is a fine speech all in all. It's what happens afterwards when we're introduced to a burgeoning actor by the name of John David Washington, a.k.a. Ricky Jarrett. (laughs) who calls this woman, I believe the phrasing is, that woman in the front row is a straight-up freak. The first (laughs) lines of dialogue of a now burgeoning A-lister and uh, his asking of uh, Spencer Strasbourg if he should go grab some funeral hose. That line made me pause the TV so I could just (laughs) cackle to it because I, I never thought I'd come out of a funeral and be like, oh, wow, this actor has got some uh, comedic touch to him. Like he was uh, with the same level of casualness as picking up a half dozen donuts. I think I'm going to go grab some funeral hose is a, is an amazing start to this. And I will say like, too, we got so many inklings into what these characters are going to be for the rest of the episode, for the rest of the, for the rest of the show in general, we have our first nudity 10 seconds into the show. We have our first drug abuse 11 seconds into the show. We have our first marital infidelity 20 seconds in. We have the first funeral like a minute in. It is truly, I don't know, it, it, It's we're, we're getting into very dark territory. It packs the punches. It definitely is very different than a Friday Night Lights, which Peter Berg is familiar with, where it's like, <laughs> you know, oh, there's so much hope. And like, even when things are down, there's hope. This is sex drugs and football and that's sort of what ballers is all about but we do learn after the funeral that they're going to host a party after uh the funeral at one of the um players favorite spots in miami and everyone's planning on going they're gonna all go Mm -hmm. together but the rock has to go to his actual day job um 
but not before he has a phone call with one of the other characters on the show, um, that being Vernon Littlefield. Vernon Littlefield, the uh, the new recruit that uh, that The Rock is talking to in this in this show, basically represents the young stupidity in the league uh, of letting family members take advantage of him blowing all this money having a 12 million dollar contract paid in advance before like right out of high school and then still needing three hundred thousand dollars to keep himself afloat i mean truly like i i think one of the biggest like uh you know tips of the iceberg of how bad his situation is going to get right off the bat you're like i need money i'm calling someone who barely started at this agency how can you you know really taking advantage of the situation i think well spencer knows all of these players like when he's at the funeral it's assumed that a lot of these guys are vets he played with rod uh but like Vernon's like a young dude so it's really interesting to see how he's put himself in like old player circles new player circles vernon i'm reminded of there's this video of former nfl head coach uh herm edwards talking at like a rookie symposium and he's telling them how to spend their money. And he's like, oh, you want a car? Great. Buy one. You want a house? Buy one. He's like, you want a wife? You want a girlfriend? He's like, you get one. And it's like yeah. Vernon, <laughs> Vernon needed that rookie symposium. Truly. He needed someone to go in there and just tell him, like, you need to stop letting everyone mooch on you, encroach on you. And luckily, you know, we have a, a really great figure like Spencer Strasmore who's going to guide him out of his problems, right? Well, yeah, we're definitely <laughs> led to believe that Spencer yeah, is going to do so. But we, we do learn a little bit more about what Spencer is doing in life after football. Uh, and it turns out he's working at a finance office, a money management office. Mm-hmm. And we come to meet one of the other stars of the show, uh, Joe Crutell, uh, played by Rob Corddry. My fucking dog, Rob Corddry from The Daily Show. I... <laughs> <laughs> Rob Cordry represents truly the absolute worst in uh, in management, and one of the reasons why, I, you know, I, I think it is very similar to the argument that's made in the movie Jerry Maguire of just like, you know, here's the here's the industry. Everyone's making a ton of money. Everyone only has knowledge of the sport that they're playing because they got picked out in high school and. Uh, they've spent their entire life only worrying about football, hockey, basketball, etc. And then Rob Cordry, uh, with the amazing line of, I do my best work at funerals, is when, it's when people think, <laughs> what could I have done differently? Which is well, like, it's the same thing, too. He follows it up by asking The Rock if he saw that hot snatch at the funeral. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> like, it... If other shows set up their characters with these like really nice sleek one-liners or like good exposition, the like Ballers gives you no insight to these people. Like when you meet Ricky Jarrett, you know nothing about him other than funeral hose. When you meet Joe Cortell, you know nothing other than like hot snatch and doing work at funerals. It's such yeah. bad setup of every character. There's no description. Uh, but you know, I mean, what did we expect from Steven Levinson? <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe Crittell is very clearly like Ari gold with no, with less business sense. Well, rich, I'm glad you brought up Ari gold. Um, because I do have the question of if Steven Levinson, when writing the show thought to himself, we need an Ari gold type character. And yes, we do have Joe Crittell, but we do come to learn about the other Ari Gold character, and that's Jason (laughs) Antoletti. Uh, We'll learn a little bit more about him, too. But it really does bring into question the idea of 
you know, when Steven Levinson was writing this, he was like, okay, cool. Entourage went great. We did so well. We had a movie, all that fun stuff. <laughs> Boy, Let's did make it again, but with The Rock and sad. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's like if he just copy-pasted Ari Gold dialogue for the entire pilot of this and just, like, crossed out Ari and wrote the next character's name. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is, I, I will say, like, for as much as they wanted to paint Jason as the, the Ari Gold type, I have him down here. He, he and Spencer seem to be the only ones, I mean, in addition to uh, to Charles Green's wife, Julie, they seem to be the only ones who are, like, kind of pure in heart, despite the fact that they're, like, you know, depicted fucking and doing drugs and stuff like that. It, it is still very much like I am here. They appear, appeal to someone's, like, desire to help, desire to, like, be that supporting person for them. And... I, I personally really love Jason's character, uh, like watching the show again. Yeah, I, I definitely think that we'll, we'll definitely learn a little bit more about Jason. We're introduced but I could use him. a night out at the club first, boys. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was going to say, before the night out at the club, Rich, you did mention Charles Green. Um, and Charles is definitely a juxtaposition to Spencer Strat- Strasmore and Ricky Jarrett. Um, in that he just retired, he wasn't the most like flashy star player, but his wife is literally like, you need a job. And we can tell, and I love the character of all the characters in the show. Julie Green was the one where I was like, refreshed. I was like, cool. Like, yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that someone's not like letting her husband fall down the trap of just being retired and sitting and watching sports center all day. Now, baby, we're in the offensive line to car salesman pipeline and Julie, <laughs> no one sees that clearer than Julie. I do want to speak to that Chevy dealership scene where he walks in and is like, Oh, I'm the newest uh, Chevy dealer. Um, I loved when he went up to that guy who was selling cars and he was like, oh yeah, I played football. And the guy was like, I've never heard of you, which, yeah. you know, I just shout O-line. out to Shout out to my O-line guys. They yeah, I could, be an, I could be the Hall of Fame offensive guard, and I wouldn't know who I was talking to. Yeah, yeah. and and we the, obviously this the show has no shortage of uh, a Hall of Famers in this one, too. I'm, I'm so happy we get to see Larry Sanka and uh, Don Shula in this. But yeah, I mean, I think this is like as clear as it gets that, you know, at the same time that we meet Charles Green and we get the story of him, like, having to go to this car dealership try to use like some crumb of clout to get this job it's still and that like almost the scene after spencer talks about his dream of his retirement ceremony where he was like this is what i wanted to happen i wanted the speech i wanted the fans to be there but the position that he was playing is not a star position it's not quarterback it's not running back it's not wide receiver uh, if you're going to be on defense, you're basically going to be forgotten about. And that is something I feel like a lot of these people have to cope with, unfortunately. I mean, you see Charles get turned down at the club by saying, oh, I used to play for the Bucks," which sounds like he played there last year. Well, let's get to the club, Rich, because the club <laughs> scene was definitely... Oh, finally. Podcast over. Bye, yeah. guys. <laughs> let's get to the club. Um, because the club scene, I think, was one of the things that Originally, when HBO was being pitched this show by The Rock, they were like, oh, this is it. This is what we're going to do. Because instantly, we roll up to the club. Not only are we greeted by Deshaun Jackson, uh, but we're also greeted by 
still in the league, Antonio Brown, fresh off of one of his great seasons, and chaos just unfolds from there. I believe you're talking about the the purchase that was mentioned immediately afterwards, correct? The uh, how much to pay for a certain large circus animal? Uh, I believe animal. what we're discussing is, <laughs> is $250,000 a good price for an elephant? <laughs> I don't think it's a bad one, right? Well, uh, it brings... yeah, Just no, the shipping Rich, alone. I was going to say, the question that comes to mind immediately after hearing Steven Jackson... Um, you know, still in the league, I believe at this point, has just spent $250,000 on an elephant. And then instantly I was like, oh, that's pretty funny. And then I was like, oh, that's pretty sad because we've been talking about all these poor purchase ideas and they're going in a circle, basically talking about how they're spending money on all these ridiculous things. But I couldn't get out of my head, what's the most money you'd spend on an exotic animal and what animal would that be? Oh, great question. Uh, personally, I wouldn't want something that was going to take up my entire backyard, but I did go on animalshq.com. Shout out, friend of the pod, animalshq.com. <laughs> and uh, please sponsor us because uh, we want an elephant. It looks like it's around 12000 to $60,000 to procure an elephant. However, the lodging would take close to ten million dollars to build, and, and, and feeding and feeding would cost seventy thousand dollars. So it's basically like buying a, a like a Toyota Camry, and then gas is like seven thousand dollars a gallon. You want an elephant? Buy one. <laughs> Incredible advice for rookies everywhere. Buy one elephant only. Oh, you know what? What if it needs a friend? A mouse? Well, the one good thing about purchasing an elephant is that it at least does not... It's a land mammal, so it does not go against the <laughs> rocks mantra when Spencer Strasmore tells all of the players outside the club, if it drives, flies, floats, or fucks, lease it. So you can buy an elephant under the rocks' own logic here. <laughs> yeah, and if you buy just one elephant, it won't fuck, so you'll, you'll, stay, you'll stay within those rules. Unless you're doing some weird things to that elephant, then you definitely have to lease that elephant. <laughs> However, under Spencer Strasbourg's logic, you do need to lease Dumbo. Oh <laughs> the one exception to the elephant rule. Uh, that definitely falls within the HBO current logic. Yeah, of wait, just leasing Max, Dumbo. I, I rented Dumbo. Does that count? Yes, it does. You, okay. you lease Dumbo. That's fine. <laughs> Perfect. I uh, To answer your question, Jeff, I'm going monkey, uh, and I'm going monkey in a way that will be uh, not so much in a cage, but just some cool animal that I can hang out and eat bananas with. That sounds rad. Max, what, what about you? What uh, animal do you want roaming the streets of L.A. with you? Uh, I think if I have the backyard set up for it, uh, a dolphin or two would be really fun. <laughs> I don't just say that because I'm wearing a Dan Marino jersey. Uh, if I'm thinking bigger and more uh, land mammal... I could see myself being pretty content with a moose. I mean, a moose sounds pretty appropriate a for moose? me here in uh, Minnesota. Um, hold on, hold but... on, hold on. Stop the podcast. <laughs> you want a moose? One of the largest, most damaged, one of the most damaging and one of the angriest animals that you could possibly have? It's basically an invasive species wherever it goes. It can I could take some. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Max okay. is the Spencer Strassmore for mooses. Uh, please take his card. Um, as Good we God. move on from this conversation of 
poor financial decisions. Um, we see Charles Green is approached by this young woman at the club. She asks him what he does, um, what position he plays, and as soon as he says he's a retired O-line, no more conversation. She then goes to Ricky Jarrett. They say hello, and we are then brought to our true first full nudity of the series and the first full nudity Cheers. of the TV Pilots licensed podcast history. So congratulations, boys. There was uh, no nudity in the Entourage pilot at all? There was no nudity no in nudity. the Entourage wow. pilot. Oh, very so we, tame for Steven Levinson. Good for you, buddy. Congratulations to The Rock, Steven Levinson, all <laughs> of the producers, Danny Garcia. You know, we're, we're killing it here. Um, one of my favorite cameos, we, we'll call it a cameo. It was actually a role in the show was... I saw a familiar face from my childhood, um, and it was Ryan Merriman, Luck of the Irish himself, uh, playing frat boy as the role, who then proceeds to get in a racist altercation, we'll call yeah, it, at the club? it's pretty yeah. racist. It's pretty racist. Again, uh, I want to point out that frat boy is the official crediting of this character, because Steven Levinson knows how to name his characters. My dog. <laughs> Now, uh, for those of us that weren't inundated with Disney Channel movies, can you give us a little example of what Luck of the Irish was, uh, Jeff, and what he means to your childhood? See, I, if you were a child of the 90s, maybe of the late 80s, there was a beautiful thing called the Disney Channel original movie. Uh, boy, were these great. They were low-budget films that had great stories <laughs> that captivated the minds of young, innocent children. And there was one where... Yeah, tell me a, that great story. <laughs> yeah, there was one that, you know, I think everyone consists, considers a hit, um, where a man who... Or, excuse me, a young boy who's on his basketball team... Uh, considers himself fairly lucky, uh, finds out that he <laughs> is indeed uh, a leprechaun by birth. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> Just chaos, a really tall one? Chaos and hijinks pursue. Um, his grandfather legitimately is a small leprechaun. Like, we're talking about Lucky Charm size right now. Wow. Um, and it is really, you know, if you have Disney+, Plus. Uh, disney plus you can also sponsor us uh please pull up luck of the irish watch it you can watch it on st patrick's day you can watch it today um but you'll see ryan merriman <laughs> it's uh it's teen wolf with irish people yeah exactly <laughs> yeah wait should we take a should we take a break to apologize to the irish community ahead of time just like get really ahead of this one well, you know what? They get their revenge because Ryan Merriman is now playing frat boy and ballers and who is very racist. So, you know, that's why you never you fight some, with the Irish. Some. Exactly. They always win. Um, but <laughs> what then proceeds after Ryan Merriman's character frat boy um, starts to provoke um, Ricky Jarrett and basically say that he's next. He's going to be the next one who dies. Um, Ricky Jarrett starts beating the crap out of him mm -hmm. in the club cell phones are out and we then are introduced to ricky's agent jason and i would say king shit this was one of the most upsetting ways i've ever been introduced to a character <laughs> uh and, and max is a little bit on this particular scene I think God, he. I, I think he saw a familiar face in there. I I am so excited about this appearance more than Antonio Brown, more than Ryan Merriman. Um, so when we meet 
Jason Antelotti, which when I was typing up my notes for the podcast, uh, my that's a type of pasta, make, right? It wanted to make agnelloni so bad it wanted to change <laughs> autocorrect to a type of pasta. We get uh, it. You it like is, LA Restaurant Week. <laughs> it is Jason Antelotti, and there is a woman he's having sex with. She is on top of him in a reverse cowgirl position, shouting repeatedly. Play by play is great. It's really getting me in the mood for football. Shouting, who's going to win the LPGA? Who's going to win the LPGA? And this actress is a woman by the name of Christine Bentley. And you may not know that name because you may now know her as Christine Quinn of Selling Sunset fame, one of the biggest reality TV stars in the world right now. Let it just be a lesson to all the young actors out there who are really trying to make it. Get naked once and then really try to milk it on reality. That seems to be the that that seems to be like the really solid uh, plan for for all actors out there. I'm I'm really proud of her for doing this. Yeah, it definitely was a scene. You know, there when Steven Levinson was writing this scene, you know he was cracking up giving elbows to the boys in the boardroom saying, oh yeah, he's not going to leave the room. He's still going to be technically probably having sex with her while he's figuring out the Ricky Jarrett thing and trying to walk the rock through fixing this situation as a whole. As You know, we're seeing the rock fix a lot more things than dealing with finances, at least in the pilot sense. What did you guys think about that? Well, it's really easy to call this sports entourage because of Steven Levinson's involvement and just that the opulence and how sleek it is. But The Rock is covering up people's affairs to Mm -hmm. their families. He's willing to lend large sums of money in the hundreds of thousands of dollars to people in need. He's working to mend PR situations, do illegal unlicensed agent activities, And I'm starting to think this guy is a fixer. I'm starting to think that he works for a financial management firm the same way that Michael Clayton in the film Michael Clayton worked at a law firm. I think that Ballers is just sports Michael Clayton. Well, I would also say it's just HBO Ray Donovan, which is going on at the same time. Um, These are two things I haven't watched. I'm so excited for you guys to talk about this. Have you never seen Michael Clayton? No, never seen it. Never oh, seen it. So I know. Good. I know. MLB star Royce Clayton is. Are they related? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, well, I did also want to put in a little sidebar. The person who actually won the LG, uh, LPGA in 2015 is uh, New Zealand-born professional golfer Lydia Ko. Uh, at the age of, I want to say 18, she won it. So, oh, uh, wow. sorry, Christine Quinn. <laughs> Poor Christine Quinn. Uh, let's She's talk a little, fine. Let, let's talk a little bit about the fallout from this fight because what ends up happening, Ricky is pretty aware based off of conversations with Spencer and conversation stations with Jason that he's probably going to get cut from the team. Um, he's with the Green Bay Packers at this point in time. He gives a very half-hearted apology to one of the weirdest scenes because the Green Bay Packers don't have an owner. They have stockholders, but it mm-hmm. very much appears that they oh, have those, an owner. Oh, and those stockholding fans will tell you that they are owners of the Green Bay Packers every <laughs> chance they get. But shout uh, out to uh, shout out to the state of Wisconsin, friends of the pod. <laughs> All of Wisconsin, friends of the pod. <laughs> um, we soon come to learn that 
Ricky is no longer on the team. He is a free agent. Rather than even being cut, it sounds like he's a highly valuable player. Whomever is the GM of the Green Bay Packers is doing a terrible job. Um, yeah, could have at least tried to get a few like late-round draft picks for him. That's a seventh-round conditional pick every single time we have to throw in this football talk because this is the kickoff of the 2022 season um from there we then come to find out that jason is really trying to pull the strings the miami dolphins might be interested and we come to meet larry seifert um who is the gm of the dolphins and it was actually probably one of my favorite scenes in the show dude my dog dule hill Shout out, uh, friend of the pod, Dule Hill. Uh, I love him so much. We're going to cover every single pilot that he's ever been in. Um, but he's also one of those people that um, I want to say has like a pretty strong run in the show. Like You wouldn't expect him from how short this particular, uh, you know, his how many lines he has in the show, how kind of throwaway his character is. He He's super important to like the... Um, to how the crew gels around um like a very positive and very like less judgmental uh route of uh of the sports business and i mean i'll god i'll just watch anything he's in i love him so much i just love him going into the chevy dealership to see charles green and just speaking in riddles and rhymes around (laughs) this pickup truck like Larry Seifert comes in talking like a wizard to Charles Green, <laughs> trying to get information out of like about Ricky Jarrett to see if he's a good fit for the Dolphins. And uh, if Charles didn't answer correctly, uh, a curse will be put on his family. Apparently, I will give you these. Ta- I will give you this Tahoe if you answer the- answer these riddles three. Yeah, and Charles doesn't even sell him the car, and he tries to plead with his employers. I'm telling you, he wouldn't have bought the car and still getting shit. Uh, even as Seifert is leaving the office. But we do come to find out, you know, Charles puts in a good word. Um, Ricky does have a chance. The NFL famously a referrals business. Yeah, very much so. Um, But Ricky then is late to his meeting, and we then get to meet Peter Berg doing the acting role of a lifetime as Dolphins coach. Well, this is not the acting role of a lifetime. This man was on like a hundred plus episodes of Chicago Hope back in his acting days. That was the role of a lifetime for Peter Berg. Um, Before we really dive into the conversation here, is making someone untie your fishing boat from the dock and then just driving (laughs) away one of the funniest potential getaway methods? (laughs) Hey, can you get that? (laughs) That... He just absolutely pranked ricky jarrett's ass there's also no like like fuck you moment really in getting away on a boat because you're going no matter how like far you're going you're going at a speed of five miles an hour away from who you're getting away yeah, from. yeah that's a really crowded harbor there's a lot of rules <laughs> and regulations you can't speed off larry sanka is a hard issue like you can't just yeah. you can't just be running out <laughs> i did love like untied the boat and then you know to add a little bit more to the pain, Don Shula just looking at you and saying, you're an asshole, and then driving <laughs> Bad life choices, son. miles per hour. <laughs> uh, just a, a quick note for our listeners who may not be familiar with the undefeated 1972 Miami Dolphins. Uh, Don Shula was the coach of that team. Larry Zonka <laughs> is a Hall of Fame NFL player and one of that team's stars. 
Uh, so just getting some like real NFL Miami Dolphins legacy in for cameo roles here. It was also yeah. historically one of the easiest schedules that any football team has ever faced. Anyways, <laughs> just gonna just gonna throw that bomb in oh, there boy. in case anyone from Miami's listening. But we do, you know, we do end up seeing um, that Ricky stays. He waits at the dock. He knows this is probably his last chance. And Peter Berg says, "Hey, you're on the team." Um, there's one last loose end to tie up, though. Um, and that is The Rock goes and visits Vern um, to give him the $300,000 that mm-hmm. he requests. Um, really with the understanding of he needs to start signing his friends, yep. people he knows, to be his clients. And we just see Vern's house. Everyone's there. And he does have a great line where he's like, he doesn't know who everyone at the house is. Truly um, troubling. It was It was really one of those ideas of just like you hear the horror stories of like, keep your close-knit circle around you mm-hmm. when you make it big and i just sat there in that scene and like there was a there was a general theme with this show and it was just sadness like i got very sad watching oh, this dude. podcast or watching there, this pilot there's so many evils of of the industry in this show just like the 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 predatory business the injuries the long-lasting injuries the greed uh, dealing with family and like, you know, family that you like the pressures of having to lift up your entire family, your community, just because you got a shot and then definitely preying on ignorance. I think there's a lot of like, uh, it's definitely tied to the business of it, but the preying on the ignorance of these young guys who get all this money and their dreams come true and they get to live in Miami, they get a sweet ass car um, but they should have just bought one. If you're going to have family members there, just have one. It's really easy to have that influence in your ear. And from what I gather, Spencer gets into this industry after retirement because he was screwed over by a financial yeah, planner who they say stole 800000 from him. So it's like he's a, he's a financial planner because he hates financial planners. Mm-hmm. So he has to be the good one yep. uh, to make sure that other people don't get screwed over by the bad ones. Which truly, I think it has to be a pretty legitimate path for people who retire from pro sports nowadays, right? Like you would, I would, I would trust in someone who went through that exact same thing themselves over someone who, like, you know, can promise like a an eight percent return on stuff, but might be like predatory, like taking money from you. Yeah, on on its head, it sounds like a great idea until we come out come to the final scene of the show. The Rock's going to see a movie with the woman who's just credited as girlfriend Hell yeah. uh, to find out that the rock Levinson has insufficient it again. Oh, man. funds. <laughs> Levinson took the Bechdel test and flushed it right down the toilet. Yeah. The, the One of the things about this pilot is, you know, I, I would love to talk about what our thoughts are on it as a whole, because that's it. That's how the pilot ends. There's no gigantic cliffhanger. There's no, idea of oh my goodness what's going to happen what are the hijinks Mm -hmm. or anything like that we're just left with if they said this is one episode of a series of episodes of the rock just playing different characters and we're calling this one spencer strassmore um i would have been like oh cool that we've ended the story we know the cycle of this retired player but that's it um 
Did you have ends any... with him trying to get money out of an ATM and having insufficient funds and be like, well, time to go see the movie. Yeah, yeah exactly. For, for me, I think The Rock, I think where we left off really is that we're establishing The Rock as Spencer Strasmore. We're est- establishing Spencer as the person who's going to do whatever it takes to try to make his clients happy. Unfortunately, leaving Ricky Jarrett, who just promised him all of his money for the new Dolphins contract, uh, you know basically on hold just like accidentally hung up on him uh but i think what this establishes is like okay i'm going to be the little bit of good in this cesspool of like greed and partying and like all these people who want your money there's like i don't think there i think there's maybe one woman in the entire no two because obviously uh julia green there's two women in the entire pilot that aren't like gold diggers as like a as like like categorically and i think that's pretty like telling of his kind of like robin hood type journey so there is one other woman in this annabella ruiz is the character's name played by annabelle Mm -hmm. acosta uh (laughs) steven levinson you're doing great bud Uh, (laughs) what i will say and you know let's go into things that we loved because annabella ruiz was a great little character snippet that i loved because she fully knows that ricky is in this situation because he cheated on her and she is his uh Mm -hmm. girlfriend Mm -hmm. and really gives him literally zero shit whatsoever he's not in the doghouse this seems like a thing he does all of the time and it sort of gave me the pause of like okay so we're just cool with this like is this you know to bring in the red room um is this a jada pinkett smith will smith's situation well okay so i think it's a little different in the sense that and uh we're gonna we're gonna talk poly for a second but uh the i think they're in a in more of like a cheating is okay agreement which is very french of them where you have like you you have like your uh your normal like married or uh, person or girlfriend uh uh but you also have a mistress and it sounds like i mean uh annabella basically seems like she's down with ricky cheating on her as long as she stays like in control of the business she's basically she's the e to his vince essentially but they also (laughs) fuck which which was taken out of the entourage pilot unfortunately Peter Bird just clearly inspired by uh, French cinema, according to <laughs> Rich Edmund. What were some of the other things that y'all loved about this um, about this pilot? There's a line when Spencer and uh, Jason are having their lunch meeting and they're talking about Vernon oh. running through his entire rookie contract oh. already. And Jason implies that one of Vernon's friends is his current financial manager. And Spencer just has this dramatic turn and goes... Fat Reggie from Crenshaw handles his money. Like, every single person on Earth is aware of Fat Reggie from Crenshaw. Like, he's just this known household name. name. Household, household name. name. Fat Reggie from Crenshaw. I. <laughs> I, I i absolutely loved that line reading that was my that was my okay i'm pausing this i'm putting the remote down i need a second to just think about how many times the rock had to read the fat reggie from crenshaw line <laughs> in the way he did because how could you read that without laughing no there's no way have you seen any rock action movies the rock does not break no the the rock only erodes what what also kills me about that line and that line reading though is like a scene before when he's talking with ricky and he's having the retirement speech it's like the most 
like sincere, I'm going to dig my heels in and act with a capital A acting ever from The Rock. Like there's the most like emotion and like uh, pathos. Is that the word I'm using correctly? I don't know. Uh, But he's like really leading into it. And to go from this actually nice snippet of acting work to Fat Reggie from Crenshaw handles his money. It's just like, oh, nope, there's the rock we know and love. Yeah, it's definitely one of those situations, you know, there have been recent stories that have come out about Dwayne Johnson and his involvement of certain studio decisions when it comes to movies that he's in, TV shows that he's in, all that sort of stuff. There are moments in this pilot that you say and you sit down and you're like, oh, yeah, this was The Rock trying to really break into being a dramatic actor. A hundred percent. There was no way that he was like, oh, I'm just doing a comedy. It's just entourage. No, this is dramatic entourage. This is very sad entourage. This is realistic entourage. This is um, one of those things where it's like, this is The Rock's TV show where he's going to show you. He's got many different layers. He is the onion of actors. It does feel, though, like he's in a different show than everyone else at times. Like, it feels like he thinks he's doing this gritty sports prestige mm-hmm. show and everyone else thinks they're doing sports entourage when he is doing sports Michael Clayton. Um, the Rock could play Michael Clayton. I don't know if George Clooney could play Spencer Strasmore despite his football work in the cinema classic Leatherheads. Oh my gosh. That that is uh that is like something that I was thinking the exact same thing when I was watching this. I'm like, okay, The Rock really wants to be that protagonist. He wants to be that guy. And it seems like the director only told everyone else the famous Lupe Fiasco line, we need some more half naked women up in the pool. <laughs> I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna say that in our lifetime we will see The Rock win an Oscar. I, oh, okay. I 100% Let, agree with you. Let's play I, a game. I, I know we have a game for later, but I want to play a game. Over or under 10 and a half years. So oh. Ooh. by 2032. They're going to say 10 and a half Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> by 2032, we see He's The Rock. He's putting up John Williams numbers. At least being nominated for one supporting actor or uh like main actor well he's already got the people's elbow so it's only uh, (laughs) he's already gonna have a people's choice i'm gonna take the over i don't think it's gonna happen in the next 10 and a half years but i think that when he gets into his older years we're gonna see him play that uh like when stallone came back to do creed and he got like the oscar train behind him i think we're going to see him play a role like that when he gets a little bit further up in age that will get him it so i'm taking the over on 10 and a half though jeff yeah see uh right now the rock is hot so he's igneous but when he shows his layers he's sedimentary all right so we need to have (laughs) uh an old rock whose knees have given out on him and then that's when the real acting starts that's right that first knee replacement when he's Um, when he's crunching down on those percocet that's when we get the best rock (laughs) um so anything else that y'all loved about this uh pilot or were there any things that really caused you pause that maybe we didn't talk about i love that troy garrity who plays jason is the son of jane fonda uh that's (laughs) 
had nothing to do with the pilot itself. I, I, I just love that he's Jane Fonda's kid. <laughs> I just love Jane Fonda, so I love that you love that. <laughs> Wait, so, okay. Uh, so, the guy who plays Ricky Jarrett, that is... John David that Washington is, is Denzel's... Is that's yes. Denzel's son. Okay, okay. The yeah, son of famous his... actors are in this show. Yeah, that's this is his first, like, real role he's got like two things as a kid where he played like a kid in two of his dad's movies but this is john david washington's like first actual like breakout role good for him man i i loved a lot of this pilot even more so than what we had been uh when we first watched it for the the ball club book club um i was watching it with the intent of you know making fun of it we were, we watched it because we knew it was bad or we assumed it was going to be bad uh you know it's like oh it's the rock and then uh bad acting and titties so this is like the this is like a perfect show for hbo watching it again i actually really liked it i i think there was a lot of like depth of his character i think there's a lot of depth of how many evils are we going to go into with uh, for me, it, it felt very much like, what if we had the movie Concussion, but with less doctors? <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back just to Will ball. Smith. Yeah, <laughs> just, just no, no Will Smith, just no doctors. What if, what if we just didn't involve medical professionals at all and talked about how it, once you start in the NFL, once you make it to that, uh, to that threshold... You have a target on your back. I think I think that is demonstrated exceptionally well with some extremely Stephen Levinson dialogue in there. Well, Rich, you mentioned that you know you've enjoyed this show. We look at this pilot. Who is this show for? Right? Who are we recommending this show for? Uh, I as I sit here, um, one of the things I like doing right and is looking at. What are the recommended shows? If you like this, what else do you like? The ones that showed up, uh, at least on <laughs> my screen, were they said Entourage, no surprise. Sure. The Shop, as well. As no surprise. They recommended the behind the scenes of Ballers as the other <laughs> show to watch. Well, I'll tell you right now, I watched all of the behind the scenes of Ballers before I started watching Ballers, and boy, do they cut a lot of great stuff out. <laughs> Uh, but who would you guys say that this show is for? How would you f try to pitch this show to someone? This is definitely a show for someone who loves a like a kind of a scathing look into something that people find really cool. Like for what Entourage was, Entourage. I think we talked about this in 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 that podcast episode too. But Entourage basically has almost no critical lens of fame. There is like, there's almost no downsides. It's basically like, how fucking sick is this? It's Marky Mark's story. And, and he's brought his boys with him. This show is all downsides of football. It's going to show some of like the glitz part of like of it too. But every party, every sexual conquest, every like, you know, a moment where they're sharing drugs or like going on trips or something like that. It all has a negative drawback. And I, I think this show really goes for like you know people who like wall street people who like uh i mean this is very much like a i fell asleep during hard knocks and this is on now <laughs> type of show but uh i really think it's for people who like that deeper dive 
Ballers is like if you made a TikTok filming an energy drink can with a lens flare on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, god. So my two things about ballers. That was so ballers, much more brief. <laughs> that, that was beautiful. Uh, ballers is the male version of the TV show Unreal, which if you have not seen, goes Whoa. into the drama of um, reality TV show on Lifetime. But I would also say Ballers is for people who watch the entirety of preseason football games uh, oh, wow. and just can't get enough <laughs> wow. football in wow. and really are digging deep on that fifth round pick who may or may not be on the practice squad. Incredible. With all that said, let's just go into a summary of what happened with Ballers. Ballers as a show had 47 episodes total. Um, the first episode had 2.16 million viewers. Now, if you want to have some comparison of something else on HBO at that time, fifth season of Game of Thrones was going on at that time, and the worst episode of Game of Thrones, as far as viewership, had 5.4 million viewers. Holy fuck. Uh, <laughs> the show actually, its most successful season, very similar to Entourage, was season three, where it peaked at 2.85 million viewers, and then it went way down. Um, it only did, it did What receive, happened, Jeff? Uh, you know, they, season three, four, five. Season three, four, and five, and it was interesting. It wasn't this the last episode the of the season. It was only, it was like the seventh or sixth episode of the season, and then interest really waned. Um, <laughs> it did receive one Emmy nomination, only a nomination. Uh, and is it for it Lil is, Wayne and, and Drake? <laughs> it was actually, I believe it was for uh, Rob Corddry for uh, supporting <gasps> actor. My uh, dog Rob, shout three. out. Let's not uh, discredit the uh, Creative Arts Emmy nominations in like sound editing. And there's one cinematography one that the show got. It got a, a little bit of behind the scenes. Yeah, okay. And, okay. And they got they got one for costumes because look how cool those Miami Dolphins jerseys look. But they hold on, great. Rich, you did drop a very important thing we've touched around it we've made some jokes <laughs> i cannot let us leave this without discussing right above it by little way to drink <laughs> i mean i never get as hyped in an episode of ballers as i do after the opening credits are over <laughs> i never reach that same peak again uh this is one of those shows that i cannot imagine having an original score or God, an original no. theme song like it needed this the same way that like the Sopranos wouldn't be the Sopranos without Woke Up This Morning by Alabama 3 like it feels so uh, like tied to it um, but also like I want Lil Wayne to do like a Will Smith rap attempt to like sum up <laughs> ballers as well wait like like every episode we are sort of skirting around the idea that The Rock is a rapper he did have a song come out <gasps> yes, he did. in 2022 should The Rock have done a Will Smith, Prince of Bel Air type rap to start this oh, show? Oh yeah, absolutely. Just something, something with like Little Wayne in the background, where it's like I, I, I don't know, like, uh, like, like booty in the pants, baby, shake that ass more harder than a rock. You could call me Spencer Strassmore, and then like breaks in there. <laughs> Max Singer off the dump, the, the five fingers of death segment of, uh, of, our, of our podcast. Oh my goodness. Well, Rich, you know, before we talk about if we would recommend watching this show or we would continue 
any final thoughts? Any things that you would oh, like to discuss with us? You know I have something to talk about. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna dive into Rich's quiz segment. Let's see how closely you guys paid attention to this pilot. Let's All go. Right. Oh no! All right. I might get sued. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the copyright infringement section. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, Jeff Kerbis. All right. Mac- Maximilian Singer. Yo. Nice to be here, Rich. Uh, for the final question of uh, and for all the marbles, how many balls are seen in the Ballers pilot? Is the answer <laughs> A six? B, nine, C, 14, or D, 27. Why are you making us take the Wonderlick test? (laughs) Rich, I I would like a definition, please, of what we're considering a ball. I would say a ball is any spherical object that is used for athletics, sports, or games. Could you please repeat the answer selections? Yes. Uh, A, six. B, nine. C, 14, D, 27. Country of origin on that definition. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don't make me play the Jeopardy song again. I I will say that it is six. We only see six balls. Six balls. uh, Six balls for Jeff. Uh, Max Singer. God, this feels like a question that Larry Seifert asked Charles Green. Like, (laughs) Charles Green. On the football field at a practice today, how many balls did you see? <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the the study with the monkey that would go behind uh, the people counting the balls. But Larry Seifert's definition is much wider. He's just like how many uh, men I'm gonna were go on with the field? See that we see 14 balls over the course of the uh Ballers final. <laughs> Freudian slip. Ding 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 ding. We have 14 balls seen in the oh, in wow. the Ballers pilot. Uh, several several footballs. One athletic uh, like. One of the, I don't know one of those inflatable athletic balls and then ten billiard balls. Oh, wow. that that is dirty that you included pop, billiard pop. balls. Um, well, Rich in quarter pocket. Well, congratulations <laughs> to Max. We should definitely keep a scoreboard of where we are on Rich's segments. Um, I believe Max and I are tied at one each. Yeah, um, I think I think Jeff nailed the question about how many nude scenes the uh, the cast of Everybody Loves Raymond has done. If you have not listened to that episode, please do. Um, let's... If this is your first time listening to us, <laughs> there is no nude scene in Everybody Loves Raymond. Or or want... is there? Please listen to the pod. <laughs> please listen to the podcast to find out if Raymond gets naked. <laughs> With that said. Let's finish this thing up. We are landing this plane, and I'd love to hear, would you guys continue watching this show? Would you binge it? Would it be an occasional watch? Or is this something that, hey, maybe the pilot was just enough? For me, unfortunately, I'm going to have to take a pass and say the pilot's enough. Um, As we've hit on before, I've been there, uh, done that, gotten the complimentary (laughs) promotional t-shirt, I'm not getting anything out of this, unfortunately, that makes me want to keep going back for more. So if this is for you, awesome, but I'm going to find something else to watch. 
I I honestly feel really uh, uh, bad saying this uh, that now I do really want to watch Ballers again. <laughs> I really enjoyed the pilot. I'm so sorry. This is like uh, I was not expecting to like the content of the uh, of the show this much. And once I started like getting into the characters a bit more and getting into like how Spencer is supposed to be the protagonist and not just view it as sports entourage, I kind of liked it a little bit more. I would watch more. Jeff, our tiebreaker today? I will break this tie by saying I never need to watch another episode of Ballers <laughs> again in my lifetime. Um, having grown up in South Florida, I have experienced as much of South Florida as I need to. Um, what I will You're say is... You're going to watch is, an episode of Ballers? Watch one. <laughs> if, what I will say, um, if you do want to watch Ballers, you can absolutely find it for now on HBO Max. Uh, who knows if The Rock makes his own streaming network that includes all of his movies P and Rock. TV shows. Ooh, uh, Rock Plus. Um, <laughs> but from there, um, this is also, uh, if you're keeping score at home, the first time we've disagreed and not been <gasps> unanimous Ever. as far as a show. Um, but Well, thanks for listening to episode four, our last episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we will no longer be friends with Rich. It is just Max oh. and myself from here on out. That's okay. Um, I'm going to be busy watching Ballers. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that, let's make sure as we're signing off, where can we find you gentlemen uh, if you are not following watching us ballers. on the podcast? <laughs> Rich, where we can find, we find me on you? The, find me on the couch. Uh, you can find me at Damn That's Rich on Instagram. Uh, you can find Max and myself at uh, Dad Wagon Comedy on TikTok. Uh, please follow, watch our comedy videos. Uh, if you want more from myself, you can find me on all things social media at Maxwell Singh. And if you want to find me, you can find me on all things social media at Run Jeff Run. You can find our podcast at TV Pilots License. We are on all major podcasting networks. We also have a YouTube channel. And I'm going to sign off by giving a shout out to South Florida, my home, the 561, <laughs> representing all day. Have a wonderful day. It's been wonderful, wonderful traveling with you. And we look forward to seeing you in the bright skies someday soon. Dale. Dale. <laughs> no, no, we did not plan that. We did not plan that. <laughs>